0: I am the man that has seen affliction by the rod of God's wrath. I remember my affliction and my wandering. The bitterness and the gall, I well remember them. And my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope.
1: Welcome to the Broken Book Podcast. We're your hosts,
0: Amanda and Sam. And we're ready again this week to appreciate, dissect, criticize, defend, and generally nerd out about the Bible.
1: So as Sam explained, Gideon didn't technically allow himself to be made king, but he sort of was the king. And now that he's dead, one of his sons is almost certainly going to become king for real. The problem with this is that Israel isn't supposed to have a human king. God is their king. Keep in mind, Israelite society before kings was sort of democratic. Sort of like how early American society was sort of democratic. You know, all the wealthy land-owning patriarchs made decisions together. Super democratic. Although, maybe Israel is supposed to have a king, and all their troubles are derived from not having a king. As we said, the authors can't agree. Abimelech, Gideon's son through his concubine in Shechem, is sort of the black sheep of the family. He lives in a different town. He probably has less rights as a son since his mom is a concubine instead of a wife. But Abimelech is really ambitious. And like his dad, he's really clever. And if one of Gideon's sons is going to become king, Abimelech wants to be that one. So, much like Gideon, he takes one of his greatest weaknesses being the black sheep of the family, having to compete with too many better qualified sons and he makes them into an asset. Since he's the only brother who lives in Shechem, he has the best relationship with the people of Shechem. He has the best chance of winning them over to his side. And he uses his overabundance of brothers to make his case. Hey, Shechem! Would you rather be ruled by all of Gideon's sons, or just one? And wouldn't you rather have me ruling over you, rather than having some outsider? After all, I'm from this town, and I actually know and care about you. Which, when you put it that way, is a pretty convincing argument. Problem being, if you want a concubine's son to be the heir, you can't have all these more legitimate sons hanging around. So Shechem helps Abimelech murder all of his brothers. Well, actually, one of them, named Jotham, escapes. Which is good enough, right?
0: Well, wait, so we have, we have this parallel narrative here going, then. Is two generations worth of brothers are killed and one survives.
1: Exactly, exactly. The same exact thing is happening to Gideon's sons as happened in his generation.
0: And Jotham, the one who does survive, is the same son who was too scared to murder two kings when he was a little kid.
1: Mm, No, he's not. Yes, he is. Jether. Oh, wait. Jether.
0: Oh, so Jester's, Jester's toast now.
1: Yeah, Jether's dead. Yeah, I was really, I when I was reading that part, I was like really hoping that it was going to be Jotham so that we could have more, you know, more of the character, we could have more character development there. But no, it, it just, it's a throwaway character. He's the, the son who doesn't, who's a too afraid to, to draw his sword, just gets killed sort of meaninglessly.
0: Darn, that would have been, been such, that would have been such a good origin story.
1: I know, I know, right? It would have been an awesome origin story. Old Testament, you've got it wrong. Totally should have been Jotham.
0: Actually, no, I wish it had been Abimelech.
1: Ooh, that would have been cool, too.
0: That would have been so cool. Ugh, seriously, we need to give God-writing tips.
1: I know, they didn't edit it quite enough. So we skip ahead to Abimelech's coronation ceremony. It's almost over, and then they get to that really awkward part in the ceremony. You know, the part that goes... If anyone can show just cause why this man cannot lawfully be crowned king of Israel, let them speak now or forever hold their peace.
0: Wait, so, so coronations were a lot like weddings. Uh,
1: I, I might be dramatizing this a little bit. So, so everyone awkwardly stands in silence for a few moments and like starts to breathe a sigh of relief that no one's going to do this thing. And then Jotham stands up. Jotham, that pesky brother who survived. And he tells this really fascinating story. One day, the trees went out to anoint a king for themselves. They said to the olive tree, Be our king. But the olive tree answered, Should I give up my oil, by which both gods and humans are honored, to hold sway over the trees? Next, the trees said to the fig tree, Come and be our king. But the fig tree replied, "'Should I give up my fruit, so good and sweet, to hold sway over the trees?' Then the trees said to the vine, "'Come and be our king.' But the vine answered, "'Should I give up my wine, which cheers both gods and humans, to hold sway over the trees?' Finally all the trees said to the thornbrush, "'Come and be our king,' the thornbush said to the trees. "Ah, "'If you really want to anoint me king over you, come and take refuge in my shade.' But if not, then let fire come out of the thorn bush and consume the cedars of Lebanon. What? Yeah, the ending is a little weird there.
0: I don't think modern politics have nearly enough anthropomorphized tree language.
1: I know, right? So essentially, the the point of the story is that anyone who's actually like productive in society, anyone who's actually like a good person would be too busy to be king. And anyone who's willing to be king, like Abimelech, is not going to be a good king. Thorn bushes don't produce anything useful, and worse, they're the most likely to catch on fire, and that fire can spread to all the trees that the thornbush is king of. So Jotham says, listen Shechem, my father helped you by saving you from the Midianites and you turned around and killed nearly all of his sons so that you could make the worst one, the power-hungry one, your king. Don't you know that kings are violent and self-obsessed and start a bunch of stupid wars? I wish you all joy of each other. And he curses Shechem. He curses them to face the natural consequences of crowning a power-hungry king.
0: You know, I, I I think Jotham's making a very good point here it's a very old point is to kind of we idealize people like Washington or people like Jotham or Cincinnatus or Gideon people who refuse to become king um I think humble leadership is very important to a nation especially at the beginning and I think the United States actually really benefited from having someone like George Washington up first
1: yeah totally totally I mean Washington was the one who decided that he needed to step down after eight years, right? Because he could have, he probably could have turned it into a new monarchy, really. You know, everyone liked him so much, you know? He he probably could have done that, but thank goodness he chose not to.
0: So what happens to Shechem?
1: Well, Jotham's curse comes true. Abimelech, who's just been crowned the king of Shechem, ends up duking it out with Shechem. He takes his private army, and he attacks the militia of Shechem. And Abimelech wins, and he burns Shechem to the ground, and he burns all the people to death, and then he's a king with no one to rule. So he goes and tries to take over another city, but then he gets a millstone dropped on his head by a woman, (laughs) and so he has to get his own armor bearer to kill him before he dies from the millstone. So that nobody can say that a woman killed him.
0: Yes, so much I I win love. there.
1: So basically, the moral of the story is... Kings suck. Uh, but part of why kings suck is that a wannabe king tricked Shechem into doing wrong by Gideon. Which is terrible, because Gideon was a really good guy... Except for the fact that he sort of became a king. That totally makes sense.
0: To play Christian... For a second. It's this is actually one of those concepts that's fun to apply to the New Testament. Is it, would Jesus only be a good Messiah if he doesn't want to be the Messiah? Ah.
1: Yeah, this is getting very Jesus y, because there's you know, there's all those parts where the people want to take Jesus and try and make him king, and he's like, No, 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 you have no idea what I'm doing here.
0: But it's weird because Jesus actually is king.
1: Right. You know something? I feel like I feel like the way that God rules over the Israelites is a little bit more like the way that Abimelech is the king of Shechem. (laughs) And Jesus is sort of this like Jotham Gideon figure that does like a much better job of being king by totally redefining what it means to be king. The person in charge isn't in charge for their own benefit. They're just supposed to be supporting and caring for and serving all the people that they're in charge of
0: makes you kind of wonder how much Jesus actually wanted to be the Messiah just in his own hmm. private time we know he didn't want to be crucified, so he's willing to question his fate is there
1: oh that's a really interesting question
0: is there a corner of Jesus who just wished he had stayed a carpenter hmm. because the whole Jesus does become like a thorn bush and burns everyone up. It happens in the book of revelation <laughs>
1: Yeah, something like that.
0: I am the man that has seen affliction by the rod of God's wrath. I remember my affliction and my wandering. The bitterness and the gall, I well remember them. And my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Why should the living complain when punished for their sins? Let us lift up our hearts and our hands to God in heaven and say, We have sinned and rebelled, and you have not forgiven. You have covered yourself with anger and pursued us. You have swayed without pity. You have covered yourself with clouds that no prayer can get through. You have made us scum and refuse among the nations. All our enemies have opened their mouths wide against us have suffered terror and pitfalls from destruction. Streams of tears flow from my eyes because my people are destroyed. My eyes will flow unceasingly without relief until the Lord looks down from heaven and sees